0: This is the Excitecast from Drexel University's Excite Center, where technology and innovation come together. I'm your host, Adam Rothschild. In the past, we've discussed some of the people who make Excite what it is collaborative, interdisciplinary space for artists, technologists, and educators alike. Today, we speak to two more. You'll hear from them in a little bit. What makes this episode different is that our two guests this week aren't filling anyone else's shoes. They were here carving their own path and defining their roles as the summer went on. And now, they're going back to school with the skills they learned over the past several months. Jules co-started working at the Excite Center as an intern from the Baldwin Academy. She and a handful of other high school interns were with the center from May through June. But the week following their departure, she stuck around. In her words, her work at the center wasn't done, and she wanted to be there to see it through. Jules just started her freshman year at college at NYU, and before she left, I had the privilege to talk to her about making that transition. Here's more from Jules. Jules how are you?
1: I'm good how are you?
0: I'm good um so let's talk about your time at Excite uh you had kind of a a non-traditional uh couple months here you started uh as a high school intern with a couple other students from the Baldwin school uh and then that internship ended When did that internship end? That internship
1: ended right when June began. So my last day as a a high school intern with the Baldwin School was, I believe, May 29th, May 30th, somewhere around there. Um, But then I decided to come back (laughs) right after graduation. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, you've been here, I guess, ever since that point. Uh, Yes. What made you decide to stick around?
1: So first and foremost was the projects that I was working with Brandon. Uh, When I was interning here during the month of May, I was working very closely with the CBC, which is the Community Business Collaborative. I really loved the work that we were doing, however, because Drexel was moving through a transition point, There wasn't that much traction happening with any of the projects at that moment, and I wanted more. So that's the main reason why I decided to keep on coming back every single day up until August. And
0: talking to uh, Brandon, he was actually surprised but very excited that you uh, stuck around after your internship (laughs) because the work you were doing with him was apparently pretty fantastic
1: it really was Um, I I could tell he was very surprised when I showed up um, that Monday morning after my graduation he was very confused he said you know I've been gone two weeks and you're back here again? You're, you've been gone two weeks and you're back here again? What, what's, what is this? Um, so, yeah, it's just the work that Drexel does is fantastic here in the Excite Center because they're always changing projects because they always have a different flow of people coming in and out. So I find it fascinating.
0: Is that what drew you to the Excite Center in the first place?
1: What drew me to the Excite Center was actually Dr. Kim. Mm -hmm. I had researched his work and he was a previous contact of the Baldwin School, so I reached out. I said, hi, I'm really interested in the work that you're doing, especially in the Shima Seki lab. The fact that they work with fabric technology is just amazing, so that's what really drew me in. And then, surprisingly enough, it was Brandon who, you know, made me stay.
0: So uh, before we started recording, you were giving me kind of like an overview of all of the many different projects yeah. you've worked on uh, over the last, how many months has it been? Four. Four, four months, four yeah. Months. Uh, could you quickly run through, I mean, all of the different projects you've uh, spent some time with
1: yeah sure no problem okay so the first thing that I did was the community business collaborative so I basically worked with the Philly businesses collected some data as to how they can run their organization better and basically went with one of the um, businesses and ran through building a website with them and really understanding what they wanted to get out of their clientele. Then after that, I worked with Jillian, who's the wonderful student coordinator, and I made an ebook for her. Um, she wanted to make an ebook so that people who were coming into the Excite Center, you know, the STAR students, the co op students, that they would easily be able to navigate the Excite Center and know what forms and every material necessary before coming to the center that they would require. Um, after that, I worked with AFL. I did some data input for them to boost their analytics. Um, the main project that I worked on was. Uh, creating a pardon application uh, with Brandon and uh, basically making this awesome website for um, people who want to get pardons in PA. And then the last thing was, you know, helping out in Young Dragons in SMT with let's, everybody else.
0: Let's talk about this pardons app. So uh, when did Brandon, like, approach you with this task?
1: Oh, it was probably... Before the STAR students came, so halfway through May, he said, you know, you're doing great work with the CBC and I was wondering if you could um, do some initial work with this pardon application. And uh, really, during the month of May, I was just doing mostly research. Um, because Ryan, my co-worker, was supposed to be spearheading it. So I was just doing the research, and because I stuck around, then I ended up getting jumped onto the project. So Ryan and I have been working very closely on this part and app, and it's been a lot of fun.
0: What's the uh, progress on that? Has it been going?
1: So uh, technically the deadline is September 17th, but we have been making a wireframe, or essentially a prototype, of this website, you know, going through making sure that all the functionality is there, but not necessarily the look. You know, that isn't a main priority for us. Our, our main goal was to make sure that all the functions of, you know, am I inputting this, uh, this information correctly? Is it going through? Is the server saving it? And then can we then retrieve that information and use it for other purposes? So that was the main goal, and we achieved that, which I'm really happy about. That's great, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: So you've obviously had a ton of different responsibilities here. Yes. Uh, I mean, you've been working in design and coding. Mm -hmm. What have been some of, like, the biggest challenges for you?
1: Learning. Learning on your own. The one thing that I love and sort of hate about Excite is that the fact that, since everybody's working on so many different projects not necessarily will you always have somebody there to guide you to help you and to really nitpick on your work and make sure that it's looking pristine um that is the one thing that i struggled with especially because i'm fairly new to coding i've you know, taking computer science classes, but we've never actually applied it to anything that really mattered, so everything was kind of like, eh, it's okay if it doesn't really work that well. Um, so I had to do so much research. I had to find those coworkers who are really blessed in, in coding and who have been doing it for so much time. Annie Sutzman, Andy Stutzman is a godsend. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> I would go over to his desk almost every single day during the month of May and ask him questions. Um, and he was just such a huge help. Um, otherwise, you know, Stack Overflow, Google is my best friend. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. you know, learning on the fly, like that's such a universal feeling at Excite, yeah. I exciting. Feel like everyone's kind of, you know, it's, there's a lot of collaboration, but a lot of, you know, building new skills comes from doing your own research. Like, okay, I need to accomplish this task or I need to solve this problem. Uh, I don't know who to turn to. So mm-hmm. I'm going to figure it out on my own. I think everybody who spent any amount of time here has had that feeling and the frustration and the relief once you actually, you know, solve that problem oh, that yeah. comes with it. You oh, know Yeah,
1: I feel like, but it's, it's so useful at the end because you become so independent. And if you're in a tough situation, you're like, I can get through this. Yeah. You know, yeah. it really pushes you, which is one thing that I really love. You know, they don't they don't go easy on you you are constantly being pushed to the to the breaking point and that's so important as you know kids trying to get into that professional working space you know we need to be able to push ourselves so that we can achieve our goals
0: right yeah well uh i guess along these lines you are making a pretty big transition soon you're going off to college very exciting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. Uh,
0: you are going to NYU in just about a week now, right? Yes. Is when you're officially moving.
1: Yeah, how, how are
0: you feeling about that?
1: I, you know, honestly, I'm both excited and nervous. You know, it's it's a tough change because I've been living in the Philly area for so long. I've gone to the same school for 14 years. Like, it's a very repetitive life that I've lived and, you know, moving somewhere completely new is is kind of mind-boggling. But I'm so excited. I'm just yeah. sad that I'll be not working here at Excite anymore. I've gotten very used to working here.
0: How are your parents handling this transition? Are they nervous, excited?
1: Ooh, uh, my dad's super excited. He's really hoping that I'll come bring him food from New York all the time. Um, my mom's also excited but you know she's as typical as any parent with you know one child yeah. leaving. She's very worried she's um, she's wishing me the best but also, getting really paranoid <laughs>
0: absolutely and, are you the are you the oldest child
1: I'm the only child the
0: only child right yeah, so I'm the
1: only child so. Yeah.
0: I'm the oldest so when I went off to school too my mom was the exact same oh way.
1: yeah but that means yeah. that your siblings had it easy though
0: hopefully <laughs> if, if they're lucky um, yeah what type of I mean do you, do you think there are any skills you developed here at excite that you'll that you can then apply to your life at college?
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, Independence, one. Perseverance is probably the biggest one, though. Um, You know, being able to push yourself, being able to, when you have a really, really rough day and just be able to power through it, you know, there are so many times where uh, especially during the month of May where I was still kind of transitioning into this workspace, I I nearly cried one day. I, I nearly cried out of the stress and out of my my own guilt that I felt I wasn't doing enough, that I just completely broke down. But you know, Brandon talked me through it and he was like, you know, I understand. You're completely new to this, that's fine. Take the time to, you know, chill and get through it. And you know, I've taken that philosophy and whenever I have a hard time, just take a deep breath and just get through it. Because you know what, like at the end of the day, we'll figure it out. The the answers are probably staring at us in the face when it comes to coding. It's always one or two lines that are just killing us. And, you know, just live to the next day.
0: I mean, those are definitely skills that you... uh build that excites oh, them. like yeah. if you don't you're gonna be in a tough spot but oh yeah and, and they're also very necessary for college i would also oh, say sure. learning you know on the fly is oh, also yeah. critical you know because oh, yeah. you're on your own for the first time you're figuring all these things out you know
1: oh yeah most definitely yeah learning on the fly is so super important i um another project that i totally forgot to mention was witnesses to hunger i've been working with dr kim and creating an book um, for this wonderful organization that advocates for um, people who are hungry in Philadelphia, and they really want to make sure that their voices are heard, and you know that they document their lives and make sure that people understand what it's like to live, you know, with you know little to no income and to be able to 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 have to struggle every single day, and so. I went to the very first meeting with this organization, got put on this project maybe two days before, and Dr. Kim just shoots a bunch of information at me, and I had to figure it all out and then be able to come up with a draft by... I don't know the next day two days after and then he immediately sent to sent it to them and then i suddenly became the person spearheading their templates and their ebook and it was just like whoa okay a lot of information at once but all right let's do it
0: i'm glad you i'm glad you brought up uh witnesses to hunger because it's a really awesome project um that i think uh i'd like to explore more if that's all right uh why 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 did they approach excite with this uh with this idea why did they want to create this ebook
1: so their main goal they the i believe their motto is something along the lines of you know people need to see this people need to know what it's like because oftentimes you know if something goes wrong people can ignore it you know if 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 i don't get my tea in the morning i'll i'll just power through it and i'll just not look at it because i i don't want to you know if something to that extent. But they want people to see yeah. what's going on. They want legislators to make change. They want to see change on the streets of Philadelphia and they want to be able to say, "Hey, we're here. Look at us. Yeah. We we are struggling and but, and but we are people." You know, M- listen to us, hear our stories and allow allow us to share with you the struggle has been to live you know these past years or or even weeks or months however long that they have been living in such a tight spot so that's that's the whole reason they came to excite because they knew that we the excite center want to affect change we strive every single day to to create something that will ultimately be put into the world and will affect mm, hundreds thousands yeah, of people absolutely. so that's the main reason why they came to us and thank god we've been able to help them
0: yeah it's a really it's a really amazing project uh, I'm excited to see how, yes. it, how it continues to develop even without your guidance and help and all oh, of that oh we'll
1: see yeah. we'll see about that I I've already extended my my guidance to them and they yeah. are welcome to contact me whenever they want with any project, in fact, for that matter, I am happy to help. So I really can't wait to see where it goes. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think we're about to wrap up. Uh, okay. I just have, like, a, one last quick question sure, for no you. no
1: problem.
0: Over your time here, as we've discussed, you've had your, you know, hands in, I don't even remember, countless projects. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there any, is there one specific moment or one specific project that has made you feel proud of the work you've done more than any others.
1: Wow. Um I would have to say oh uh, or if one not one moment that made me really appreciative of everything I've done here. I would say okay. I would say can I split it into two?
0: Absolutely. Okay.
1: So the first moment would probably be um I think a, a week back we had this big meeting uh every like brandon was hyping up about it um where ryan and i would be showing our prototype to the plse so that's the um philadelphia law firm for social equity or something like that um they they are the people that we are working for. They are the client. It They are the ones who are judging us and making sure that this project gets off the ground and funding us. Um, so it was a huge meeting, but, and I was so worried for it, but it went so smoothly. They're so nice. the The people who are working with us were incredibly supportive and they understood the fact that, you know, it's not perfect, but it's there. It has potential and, you know, it, it was a it was a really big moment because Ryan and I had been working on this project day and night. We, you know, would come into work and then we would go home and then keep on working at it, communicating, texting every single night, making sure that everything was perfect. And it was just such a it was such a relief and it was so it made everything worth it. It made all those tireless nights worth it. And then my second would probably be at the latest T3 where you guys thanked me for all the things that I've done. And to be quite honest, I'm not that type of person who really likes to be recognized. But at the same time, it was kind of like, oh, thank you. I'm glad that you guys were really appreciative of the stuff that I did. I mean despite the all the different ways of saying thank you in all the different languages but it was just a nice friendly reminder of hey you know my work here hasn't been completely unnoticed.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean speaking to you know, Young Moo, Jillian, Brandon, everyone I've talked to uh, before this, they all had nothing but amazing things to say about you. Oh, and,
1: that's really sweet. Yeah,
0: you're, you're definitely going to be missed around here. Uh, <laughs> Don't
1: worry, I'll be back next summer. That's the hope. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: that's what everyone's kind of whispering. <laughs>
1: of. Oh, well, yeah. I hope she's
0: coming back. <laughs> uh, well, Ju- Jules Co., thank you again so much for joining me today and for all your help at Excite over the yeah, last no couple problem. months. It's been really great having you here.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: Lisa Schaffern is a 9th and 10th grade science teacher at the Crefield School, where she also runs their maker program. Lisa's been with the center for several months as the teacher in residence. This was her second year at the center with that title, where she'd observed the space and learned about how we run our summer programs like Young Dragons and the Summer Music Technology Camp. This year, she got more hands-on, was able to actually lead her own module during SMT. Now she's back at the Crefield School, where she takes the skills she learned at the Excite Center and applies them to her own work. Well, first off, uh, I especially appreciate you sitting down with me today uh, because this is actually your last day at the Excite Center. Uh, On Monday you go back to school and uh, not too long after that you start teaching. Um, how How do you feel about getting back in the classroom?
2: I'm feeling great about it. I'm really looking forward to implementing curriculum that I've developed this summer at Excite. I think it'll be both rigorous and fun. and I'm really excited to see that, see how that feels in my classroom. I'm looking forward to seeing students and I'm really looking forward to stepping back into the school community, but I'm also really sad to leave this one.
0: Uh, So let's talk about the Creffield School for a minute. Uh, What makes this school stand out from other schools of its kind?
2: So, our mission is to graduate self-aware, empathetic, lifelong learners with an appreciation for diverse perspectives, their role in society, and their ability to act as agents of change. We, we focus on the whole child, so there's learning support, emotional support, there's learning about learning, all as part of our program. We have an advisory system, so students stay with their advisor through their whole four years of high school or their to- two years of middle school. There's a lot of experiential and hands-on learning and there's a focus on social justice. Um, there are, so something that is really important to me actually is there are really authentic and genuine relationships within the community that I think really impact the way it just feels to be in that building. Um, it's small, it's progressive, so it's intentionally small.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we have a glass studio, which is cool. So we're, I think we might actually do a collaboration between the little makerspace and the glass studio sometime in the next couple of years. We graduate by exhibition, so students have to exhibit mastery in a set of subject areas before they graduate, and every kid graduates with a portfolio that kind of demonstrates their strengths, which is really neat. Um, And this is the last thing I'll say about it, is that there's some element of magic in there someplace. Just something about the way it feels, something about the relationships and the community and the, the connections and the authenticity of it that... Um, there's some kind of chemistry that happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That sounds awesome. It seems like a really uh, unique and great experience for the students. Um, so this is, your, this is your second summer with Excite. Uh, how did you first get in touch with the center and uh, what drew you in?
2: Our head of school told me about the center and I actually attended Steam Shop 2017, which was really the beginning of Maker Ed for me. And it was actually connections with people I met and heard at Steam Shop that pulled me into the Philly maker ed community. So I was, first of all, I was fascinated. Um, and I visited se- visited several school makerspaces during the school year before spending last summer training for researching and planning a small makerspace at school.
0: So this episode is kind of uh, exploring some of the uh, more non-traditional roles at the Excite Center. Uh, we just talked to Jules Coe, who is our high school intern, who's program ended and then she kind of continued with the Excite Center in various ways. Uh, And I think your title of teacher in residence kind of fits that description uh, pretty well. Could you walk me through like what that means for you and how you came to fill that role?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So it means that I've been very privileged to spend the summer here learning from what happens in the center, working on projects and developing curriculum. It's a little difficult to summarize because there's something to learn to learn kind of around every corner. There's innovation, there's inspiration everywhere. Yeah. So I've essentially been allowed to ask questions, to step into the flow of the space, and I've been encouraged to be curious about what's happening. And so much happens just by being here. There's these small connections that you never expect that can have impacts for students because it sparks some idea for a new connection or a field trip or a program like T3s on Thursdays. It's hard to channel, but it's, it's really powerful.
0: So you mentioned uh, your involvement with SMT, our summer music technology uh, camp, which I think we just wrapped up our 12th year. Uh, We talked about this pretty uh, in depth last episode, but I was really curious about what your involvement was with uh, SMT and then also Young Dragons, our other uh, newer summer STEAM camp for middle schoolers.
2: Sure. So with Young Dragons, I gave a few ideas about curriculum, and I supported a little during one of the modules, and I did a little bit of observing, but I wasn't as deeply involved with that program. But with, with SMT, I was sort of all in. Mm-hmm. It was amazing to see the intense preparation on the part of the excites, think, very expert staff that goes into developing this kind of experience for students. It was very inspiring to be to be part of that, but I did some preparation. I did some teaching, I did some observation, but basically I was just kind of in the thick of it with the team. I was really immersed in it, which was, again, powerful and I exciting to work with the kids.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Excite has this like pretty unique approach to STEM and STEAM education. Um, and as a teacher in residence who's kind of absorbing all of our different programs and taking notes on how uh, we operate when we're, you know, engaging with kids. Do you think this model of hands-on transdisciplinary transdisciplinary learning is
2: effective? So I'm all, first of all, I'm all about intersections between content areas, and I'm definitely all about hands-on learning. I think that it's just a very effective way for students to engage with content and I also really love deeper learning and I think that this is a really great way for students to really experience that. So I think that this kind of curriculum is powerfully engaging which I think leads it to be more effective. Excite Center does it beautifully and I'm very excited to implement some of these kinds of projects in my classroom this year. Mm-hmm. So I so I often do a ton of project-based and experiential learning. But this is even like another level deeper, especially bringing in the intersections between content areas. So in particular, as part of the, the STEAM curriculum um, that I've been developing this summer, I'm really excited to be incorporating a lot of SMT activities into my physics content. Yeah, it's really fun and really exciting.
0: Do you think that more institutions, more educational institutions, should try to incorporate this type of hands-on uh, experience into their classrooms more often?
2: So I, I always feel a little funny telling, <laughs> telling other people, you know, how they should run their models. I think it's an amazing approach to education. I think it's inspiring and fun. And that if it's fun for you, it'll be fun for the kids. I also think, again, that there's something about the application that lets kids access content at a deeper level. And, yeah, I'd love to see tons more institutions doing this. We're also a progressive school, so I'm all about progressive and innovative right. approaches but I'd be thrilled to see more educators using these kinds of approaches in their curriculum.
0: I mean, back curriculum. to how uh, Creffield is a very progressive school. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you've kind of spearheaded this makerspace type environment at the school. Can you tell me what that looks like, how it got started?
2: Oh, sure. So we have a small makerspace. It's called the Creff Lab. It stands for Creative Engineering Fabrication Lab. So, It was a bit of a process. The first thing I did when we thought that we might want to build a makerspace is I... Actually, the first thing I did was attend Excite's Steam Shop, and that actually sparked a lot of it. And then the next thing is that I went and I did a whole series of interviews um, and visits with other teachers who run makerspaces, and it was great. It was, again, really inspiring. People just gave me a flood of ideas. I took a whole bunch of notes, and I just saw the work that other schools were doing, so I visited... I don't know maybe four or five other schools I saw their spaces and then I so that happened during the school year then I did a ton of research over the summer I did a whole bunch of training at some local maker spaces. I built some projects um, and then I actually ordered you know a laser cutter and a, a bunch of well some 3d printers and a whole bunch of electronics and we you know we built a lab so we chose furniture and picked out this really cool storage system and so we started so the we finished building the lab at the end of last summer and then I started teaching in it first semester of last year so I've now had two semesters of teaching in the makerspace. Um, and I also we so we run spring mini courses which is this period during the school year where we stop regular classes and students um do some kind of immersive experience. So we ran a Maker, a Raspberry Pi handheld game console um, make mini um, mini course this past year, and we're still developing the Maker program. So the curricula that I wrote this year at or this summer at Excite will be part of developing that program. And one of the things that I want to do is make sure that there's access for every student. I think that sometimes students self-select based on the messages they receive from the world about whether or not they belong in steam spaces or maker spaces, um, and so, for example, from Kareem's report, there's a lot about the culture of maker spaces yeah. and the messages that students are receiving about them. So, something that's really important to me is to make sure that um, to make sure that students from all different backgrounds and all different experiences and that represent diverse perspectives all have an opportunity to access this space.
0: And what's been what's the response been like from the students you've had in the makerspace? Do they seem to uh, find it inspiring? Do they you know like interacting with the space?
2: So two two answers to that. One, they're really into it. Yeah. So I have a, a core group of students who are who are really into it. They're really up for it. And I think there are other students who are sort of peripherally excited, who are seeing what's happening, but are sort of tentatively curious. So we're offering a series of informal learning modules to kind of give an opportunity for students who are just tentatively starting to be interested to check it out. So that's my first answer. And then my second part of that answer is students are excited, but I want to see more students excited and more students that are more representative of the whole, of the whole population Mm -hmm. of the school.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I think we're just about to wrap up here. Uh, before you go, I just want to ask one last thing. Um, so now that this summer is kind of coming to an end, this is your last day here, like I mentioned, uh, is there any one particular moment or uh, activity that kind of stands out to you that was either surprising or inspiring or just amazing to see, whether it be you know one of the camps or something else that's occurred?
2: I think that... Being at Excite is pretty massively inspiring in general. I think that there's so much that happens every day and it's inspiring in lots of different directions and that you never expect it. So, you know, you're having a conversation with somebody and there's some spark of an idea and then somebody suggests that you go and check in with EGS about something and then suddenly you have this new idea for a piece of curriculum or there's something that happens when you're thinking about, you know, a a piece of curriculum and somebody mentions to you something about the you know the fabric lab so i think there's so many little opportunities for things like that to happen but i would say the overarching theme if i had to if i have to if i had to pick something like that i would say um, there's music everywhere i love that it's yeah. just so the whole place is just so steeped in music yeah. like people play piano while we're just hanging out and you know a lot of the projects and a lot of the work that's done has to do with music but then it it's also just there is like a backdrop it's like the kind of the language of this place it's beautiful and incredible and i've loved experiencing that
0: well lisa thank you so much uh it's been great working with you for the past several months uh great to have around uh and thanks for sitting down with me today
2: same goes adam thank you so much for talking with me
3: I'm Young Kim, director of the Excite Center. Here with the director's take. It's September, which means back to school, but also a new football season, kicked off by our hometown world champion Eagles this week. The reason I'm such a fan of this particular team is that, as great as they play on Sundays, I'm even more inspired by the leadership of team members off the field. For example, Defensive end Chris Long donated his entire 2017 season salary to education charities to advocate for greater equality. Offensive tackle Lane Johnson created and marketed his underdog t-shirts with proceeds going to the fund for the school district of Philadelphia. And when the NFL produced a similar knockoff shirt, he compelled the league to also donate their proceeds to the school district. And then there's friend of the Excite Center, Malcolm Jenkins, a leading advocate on issues of equality, criminal justice reform, and STEAM education. Malcolm supports our Young Dragons Summer STEAM initiative, which brings new art, science, and technology programs to dozens of middle school children in the West Philadelphia Promise Zone. These are just a few of the Eagles whose efforts support our community. In this age of rampant individual self-promotion, it makes it really easy to root for this team. These players also demonstrate that you can excel in one area and still apply your talent and efforts in other ways towards the betterment of others. We celebrate individual excellence and distinction and don't speak nearly enough of breadth and comprehensiveness, particularly in academia. We spend so much energy on hyper-specialization rather than on the widespread application of talent and intellect for the good of society. Higher education has become more and more disconnected from mainstream society. I strongly believe you can excel in academics and research, but also find ways to connect with and inform our local community. That's why our focus at the Excite Center is not only on technological innovation and academic publication, but also on public dissemination and civic engagement. Our founder, Anthony J. Drexel said, I know that the world is going to change, and therefore the Institute must change with it. Just like the Eagles, we must continue to evolve our methods, our processes, and our mission. The best way I know to ensure the future of higher education is to commit ourselves to making meaning from scientific progress, creating positive impact, not just for our students and our university, but for all of society.
0: This is Adam Rothschild. Thank you so much for listening. New episodes of the Excitecast debut on the first Tuesday of the month and can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on our website. Keep up to date with the Excite Center by following us on Twitter at Excite Center or on Instagram at Drexel Excite. The intro and outro music of this podcast was provided by the band Chronicles of Sound. Find their music by visiting chroniclesofsound.bandcamp.com. Special thanks to Lisa Shaffron and Jules Coe for joining us on this episode. And as always, here's our friend Hugo with some closing remarks.
3: Why did the robot go back to school? Because his skills were getting a little rusty. ha 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 ha
2: ha 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 ha